Just stay standing for a moment because we're going to pray. And, and uh, I've just been so blessed. Uh, last night, Pastor Tark and I were talking over a good, everything's better over food. Who would say amen? And uh, we just had a great time fellowship. But you know, God's doing things in the planet right now. And He always starts in our hearts. And, and we've been seeing some amazing miracles in the area of employment and business. And people, I just wanna pray for a couple things before we begin the Word this morning. And if you are believing for a new job or full-time hours, or a, you need an increase in your wage, I just, I just feel that sometimes we receive just blessings from the Lord. Sometimes we've got to possess them and in prayer. And, and, and I just feel this morning, um, if, you're, if you're needing that, we're gonna stand together and pray the prayer of faith because we sang it, we declared it. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides this morning. So if you're needing, um, and I also wanna pray for business owners this morning. Some, there's some business owners here I felt in the Spirit that unpaid accounts is destroying, it's crippling your business with cash flow, but God says He's gonna release it in the name of Jesus and release new contracts. If you're a business owner, if you need a new job and you're looking for more hours or an increase, whatever there's just lift up your hands towards the Lord. We're gonna pray the prayer of faith together this morning because we're declaring Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. So Lord, we thank You for Your people. We thank You, Lord, it says in Your Word, You shall supply all of our needs according to not our riches, but Your riches in Christ Jesus. So we declare today over every person with their hands raised, we declare open doors of employment. We believe for increased hours, pay rises, favour in the workplace. We thank You, Lord, for new opportunities, Lord God. Doors that will open, Lord God, we pray. You're the one who opens doors and closes doors. And we declare over business owners today, the favour of the Lord. We come against the enemy and we release those unpaid accounts. We release it in the mighty Name of Jesus. Lord, we thank You for it. Let the favour of God and the faithfulness of God come. Come on, let's give God a shout of thanksgiving in advance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for one more thing before we get into the Word this morning. And that is, I want to pray for people believing for kids. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I even seen it in my own family. I, I became a grandfather six weeks ago. A little boy. And... Um, I was surprised because my, my son's only been married three years. I thought, I said, I thought you had a seven year plan, a five year plan. He said, Dad, we were told, my wife was told that she'd never have a child unless we went through IVF. So we're, we're surprised just as much as you are, but we're thanking the Lord for a miracle of God, amen. And so, I, so, so, so people who believe in that, maybe you've got a grandson or maybe you've got a child that's believing for, I'm telling you, this is the greatest miracle. God's desire is that you would be in family a church family, but also your family. And so I, I don't want to embarrass, so we're all going to raise our hands. So we don't embarrass anyone here today because I, I, you know, we heard it before, Hannah, go on to the Lord, Lord, I want a child, I want a child. And what a great miracle. And I believe in nine to 10 months time, people in this room will testify about the miracles of provision of children and of family. So I want everyone to raise their hands. Lord, we thank You, Lord God, You are the author of life. You spoke and the planets and creation came into being. You raised man out of the dust of the earth. And so we speak, we thank You, like You did for Elizabeth, like You did for Hannah. We speak fruitfulness. We speak barrenness to be gone in the mighty Name of Jesus. And we declare, let there be testimonies of Your faithfulness, Lord. Let there be rejoicing for children to come, Lord, we pray. We pray, let it be a miracle that all would know that You are the God who loves us and a God of creative miracles, we pray. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. We thank You for it in the mighty Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can take your seats this morning. 
It's a blessing to be here. I want to thank Pastor Tark for inviting me here today. And I give you greetings from the great West Island of New Zealand, Australia. And uh, today I believe God's going to do something wonderful. And, and I really feel tonight, I'm going to pray for the sick tonight. And um, uh, the Scripture I'm going to preach on is when Paul says, I did not come to you with wise and persuasive speeches, but the power of God be strong among you. What? So that you would not trust in the wisdom of man, but the power of God. And we're going to have a great time. So I encourage you, get out, bring some of the young people out, get your family out. It's going to be great. Uh, well, uh, it's an honour here to be here today. And, and I believe in this short time we have together, I believe the Word wants to come and encourage your spirit. So can we just bow our heads in prayer? Lord, we thank You that Your Word brings life. Today, let it be the vain repetitions of a man, but let the Word of God be a supernatural seed planted in people's hearts that will bring tenfold, hundredfold return. Lord, we pray today we walk out of the doors of church different because we encountered Your presence and worship, different because we encountered Your Word preached in faith. We walk out of these doors different because we encountered the encouragement of fellow believers. Give us ears to hear what Your Spirit is saying. And everybody said, Amen. When I was at university, when I had hair, back in the 1980s, I had hair and I had a lot, of, I had a mullet when it was first came round, you know. A mullet is conservative on top and party at the back, okay? And uh, I studied American history, 20th century history at university. And, and I, I think words can shape our futures. There was a president in the United States called President Ronald Reagan. And in 1987, he stood in Berlin at the Brandenburg Gates where the Berlin Wall was. For those who are a little bit older, maybe over 50, you understand what I'm talking about. And it was a time in the height of the Cold War and Germany was split in two. And he was stood in front of thousands of people making a speech at the Brandenburg at the Berlin Wall. And he said this, he said, Mr. Gorbachev, who was the leader of the Soviet Union, tear down this wall. Yeah. Now, people thought it was crazy. He was in the media. They said, this is ridiculous. What a statement. That wall's been there for decades. There's ne the Cold War's never gonna happen. But in two years later, 1989, a miracle happened and the Berlin Wall came down and communism fell all throughout Eastern Europe. You see, our words declared into the future like arrows shot into the future. It's prophetic to declare. You say, well, my child's not serving God, but he can serve God. You speak into the future. There was another president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He was the 32nd president of the United States and he was president in the 1930s in the Great Depression. In Australia, New Zealand, the Great Depression, one in every three people was unemployed. It was a terrible time of poverty and challenge and the same in the United States. And he used a new technology at that time, FDR, to speak to all of America at once. It was called the radio, or my grandparents would say the wireless. And he gave a speech on this new technology to the whole nation. Let me read it to you. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. I wanna to declare to you today, there is a lot of fear in our community. Fear is the tool of the enemy to cripple your life. Fear will steal your joy. Fear will paralyze your destiny and fear will imprison your hopes and dreams for your family. Fear will stop you stepping out and launching out for God. But fear doesn't come from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. You see, 
fear in your heart and mind will restrict your life, but the opposite is faith. When there's faith rising in your heart, your world expands, your heart expands, your vision and your future expands. Fear restricts, but faith expands. And as Christians this morning, we're not building our lives on the foundation of sand which the world is building. We build our lives on the rock that is Jesus Christ. So the storms will come and the storms will go. There'll always be some crazy things happening in the world. But when you're built upon the rock, your house will be standing on the firm foundation of Christ. I have a friend, he's a pastor from America and he came and he started ministering in Australia and he couldn't believe how big the distances were in Australia. In fact, he went to an outback cattle farm, or he called it a ranch, we would call it an outback station. And he was flown around, not, on a, not driving around in a ute or a car, they flew around in a helicopter to show him how big the farm was. And he got to this one point, he said, after about two hours of flying, he said, uh, excuse me, sir, you don't have any fences on this farm. He said, no, our farm is bigger than the country of Belgium. Our farm is bigger than the state of Connecticut, Massachusetts. We don't have fences because when you dig good wells, you don't need fences. And I believe that's what the world's looking for, a place to drink from. And when even in the worship today, you're in a church that has a deep well of the Spirit, a deep well of the things of God. And this is what people need to experience in Auckland today. We don't need fences when we have good wells. Church Unlimited, people need to come and drink from the well of worship and the well of Word. And so my word to you this morning, if you're taking notes, is this, it's time to dig. Genesis 26.1, if you've got your Bible there, says this. There was a famine in the land. Besides this first famine, it was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines in Gerah. Now this wasn't just a famine that lasted one year. This was a famine that lasted 10, 15 years. In Australia, we, have, we call them droughts. And so I've been in droughts sometimes where we had no rain for 10 years, which is a little bit different to Auckland this year, by the way. <laughs> We don't know what rain is compared to you guys. But the, gets, the ground gets so hard that cracks open up. It's like concrete, it's like bitumen. So you try and put a seed in that, it'll just lay on the top and die. So it's, this, is, this is the kind of famine, this is the kind of drought we're talking about. Then we'll go on to Genesis 26, verse 12. I'm gonna read a little bit of Scripture here this morning, if that's okay with you. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And this is in the middle of a famine, the middle of a drought. And the Lord blessed him and he began to prosper and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I think the, the author likes the word prosperous there. That's amazing. Now the first miracle is that God increased his crop a hundredfold. That's a miracle. I think the bigger miracle is when everyone had their John Deere tractors in the shed, he, he felt God say, sow some seed. But Lord, there's a drought. It's not a time to sow seed. No one else is sowing seed, but he wasn't looking at the world's climate. He was running his heart to God's climate and seasons. And he, when everyone else had their tractor in the shed, I, I, Isaac got out his tractor and began to sow seeds. Goes on to say for verse 14, it says, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they'd filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and he dwelt there. 
And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug. Have you noticed there's a lot of digging in this Scripture? And they found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerah quarrelled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, this water is ours. So we called the name of the well Esek because they quarrelled with him. Then they dug another well. I'm telling you, sometimes you're going to do, sometimes Christianity needs a little bit of muscle. needs a little bit of sweat. I know, I know I've been worshipping well when I start sweating in church. They dug another well and they quarreled that one also. So they called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called it name Rehoboth because he said, for the Lord has now made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him that same night and said, Abraham, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and I will multiply your descendants for my servants, Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug another well. Notice first Isaac the leader was digging well. Now the whole community's digging wells. Comes from the top. Verse 26, And Abimelech came to him from Gera and Uhuzah, I can't say that name, and Piccolo the coffee, a commander of the army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We certainly see the Lord is with you. So we said, Let now there be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. And that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we've done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now blessed of the Lord. So we made them a feast and they ate and drank and they rose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from them in peace. Verse 32. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug. Now they're doing it in the middle of the night. They're doing it as volunteers. They just go out there digging wells everywhere. We found water, they said. So we called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Bathsheba to this day. I feel the Lord speaking to me personally and to my church that we are t- it's time for us to dig into the things of the Spirit. Yeah. To dig the wells of our fathers that have been filled up with so much junk over the years, but also dig new wells wells for new seasons. The last three and a half years in my 51 years have been the most crazy on the planet. COVID-19 pandemic, we learnt new words like lockdown, interest rates increasing, inflation, war in the Ukraine, uncertainty with China, the cost of living rising, concern over climate change, culture wars, society sinking further. All it is to me is fear, fear, fear. And it's promoted and peddled in mainstream media and on social media. And remember, fear brings restriction, but faith brings expansion. And God doesn't want us to live with a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And I'm sick of the prophets of doom. I'm sick of the peddlers on fear. You see them, some of them are Christians always telling you the end of the world's happening and all these terrible things. The world's always been bad and God's always been good. So get off that Facebook and that logarithm that keeps taking you to those crazy places. We are the church. And as Christians, we don't need to live in a locked in mentality. We need to live in a faith outbreak mentality. It's time for us as a church to dig. It's time for us to get busy. It's time for us to contend in prayer. It's time for us to fight for God's promises over your own life, over your family and over our church and over the city of Auckland. 
Well speak of life. Well speak of fruitfulness. Well speak of blessing. Well speak of the, 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 the would be of growth. They speak of the centre of the city. You know, if you found a new city or a new colony, a new place, you would either find a river or you would dig a well because then you had water. No matter what the seasons out there, you had water. You see, we can be a well of water despite the seasons that are happening outside of this church. Wells are reliable despite the seasons or environment. But I wanna ask you a question this morning. Are you ready to dig? Redig the old wells. Remember the things you did at the beginning when you first were saved? When you were so excited at church, you got to church early? You came to the prayer meeting on Thursday night. You just got to a place, God, any opportunity I have to pray and worship You. Are you ready to dig some new wells? Are you ready to contend in prayer for the promises over your family? And I really believe as a church right now, God's calling us back to the the things at the beginning, Acts 2.42, to redig the wells of our fathers. Because the Philistines, they've blocked up the well. And I feel over these last three and a half years, there's been so many things time and time again that have filled up our hearts, filled up our wells with rubbish, disappointment, delay, discouragement, depression, discontent in a heart's distance. I wanna tell you today, church unlimited, the Holy Spirit wants to clean up this well and your well so we can tap into the fresh water of God. So we're going to redig the old wells, but we're also going to redig some new wells. What's, what are some of the old wells? Maybe it's prayer. Maybe there's some old prophetic words or promises you need to redig out. Gifts and dreams. There's people here. I felt this in prayer this morning. You used to serve in kids' church and he came to a point going, I've done 20 years of that. And now you're just sitting in church. But I'm telling you, God says the best season of children's ministry is ahead, not behind. We need some 65-year-old children's church leaders. We need some 50-year-old children's church leaders. There's some people here, you need to, you think, oh, my season's over in church. I'm telling you, have you read the last chapter of Job? The blessings all happen in the latter years, not the former years. If you're over 60 years today, your best days are ahead, not behind. Can I have an amen? It's time to redig those wells. Let the river of living water flow. It's time to see the prophetic words of the past spoken over the church. It's time to shake off spiritual atrophy and dig some wells in the Spirit. It's time to dig some wells for the future, for the next generation. New wells in the Spirit, pioneering new things in church, new skills, new people, new technologies, new challenges, new wine, new oil, new revival. What does the Bible say? Behold, I'm doing a new things. Do you not perceive it? It springs up. But to get into some new wells, we've got to get out of familiar territory, into new territory, out of our comfort zone to dig some wells for the next generation. What wells will we dig for the kids in kids' church and the youth going in this camp? What kind of church will we leave them for the future? And there's only one way I know how to dig wells. It's on my knees in prayer. It's digging into the Word where the promises of God are. And it's just spending time in His presence and worshipping. So if you're taking notes this morning, I wanna give you a couple of things about digging wells. Number one is this. It's time to dig some wells. Why do you have to dig wells? So you, you can prosper in a famine. There was a famine in the land, it says in 26.1. In the middle of the famine, God's people prospered. Verse 12 says, And Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He began to prosper, and he continued prospering until he became very, very prosperous. I wanna challenge you today. God's not working on the world's economy 
or your unsaved family's opinion. This world is depraved. This world is evil and full of lies and false truths, but it doesn't matter. We're God's people. We're a royal priesthood, a holy people. We can still prosper in the midst of a famine. Our families can prosper in an unhealthy and in a moral world. In an ungodly education system, your kids can prosper. They can prosper. Our kids can grow up with a passion for Jesus and a healthy self-esteem, even if social media is shallow. The church will prosper in New Zealand in any spiritual famine, moral famine or economic famine. In an economic famine, God wants you to prosper. Your business to prosper. In a moral famine, God's people can prosper. Our marriages can prosper. Our families can prosper and be strength to this world. In a, under famine of ungodly leadership and government, the church will prosper. Under persecution, the church will prosper. Under fascism in history in Germany, the church prospered. Under dictatorships all over the world, the church is prospering. Under slavery, the children of Israel for 400 years, they multiplied and they prospered. Under totalitarianism, under Caesar in Rome, the church grew and it prospered. Under unjust kings, just ask William Tyndale, the church prospered. Under theocracies in Iran, there's a revival going on. The church is prospering. Under communism, the church is prospering. Under socialism, the church is prospering. Under persecution from other religions, the church in India and Sri Lanka and in Iraq and Iran, the church is prospering. Under capitalism, the church will prosper. Prosper under a democracy, the church will prosper under postmodernism thinking, the church will prosper under pantheism, the church will prosper under a Labour government, a national government, or even under the Greener government. The church will still prosper in New Zealand in a famine. You and I can prosper because God is God, He's not intimidated by man's opinions and laws, He's not bowing down to governments or political thought, He's not afraid of being cancelled or worried about groupthink. He is God. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He's Emmanuel God with us. He's spoken the world was created. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Would you stand to your feet for 30 seconds and give God a shout of victory and praise because we are His people and we will prosper in the middle of a famine. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Come on, give Him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. He's God. He's God. You can take your seat. Wow. Joseph prospered in every season. Prospered in the pit. Prospered in the slave's house, as Potiphar's house. Prospered in the prison. Prospered in the palace. Daniel was kidnapped, taken as a slave to Babylon in a wicked place. He prospered in his education, became the best. He prospered in the heart of a wicked Babylon. The book of Acts, the more the church was persecuted, the more the church prospered. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Be in health as your soul prospers. You can prosper in a family. There's people here believing for a home. Interest rates, your bank account and your wage says you can't purchase one. You can prosper in a famine. Stop listening to the prophets of doom. Stop letting fear dominate our hearts and let's speak the word of the second thing. For time's sake, you'll have to fight and contend for your blessing. I won't read the Scriptures, but Isek means well of argument and Sitna means well of hostility. You know, you can be in the centre of God's will and there's argument and chaos and war all around you. But I love Isaac. He doesn't feel what he's losing when he gives up the well to these people, which he dug. 
He dug the well and now they're stealing his water. But he doesn't have a poverty mindset. He says, Lord, you're the one who showed me how to find water. I'll give them this water because I'm, I'm connected to the God who knows where the water is. So he just you can have this well, God's gonna give me some more water. There's some people here you lost something. There's some people here you got stolen something. There's people here in a business deal, things where you were betrayed or you were stabbed in the back. But I'm telling you, you're connected to the God who can help you find the water. And they just found more water and more water. And more. there'll be opposition to your marriage. There'll be opposition to your faith in the workplace. There'll be opposition to your business being a kingdom business. But we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritualities and powers. That's what Ephesians 6, because there's cultures that we're fighting against. There's mindsets in this world that we're finding, but we're not being conformed to that. We are people who are saying, hey, that's fine. You want this water? I serve the God who can find me water wherever because I know how to dig in prayer. I know how to dig in the Word. I know how to dig in worship and therefore I can find new water. Can I have an amen? amen. Third thing is this. Talks about, the last one is, a, it's time to dig some wells. Just because you're in a good place doesn't mean you're in God's ultimate place. Sometimes when we've gone through challenging seasons, we just, we just want to have peace. And uh, it says in 22, verse 22, it says, and he moved there from dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called it named Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Rehoboth means open space or good place. And you know, sometimes I'm thankful for those seasons where God gives you a a breath. And God will do that because He's a God of rest. He's a God that has the best intention for you. All the seasons of the church, the seasons of war and the seasons of peace and, and God will give you rest and respite. And, and, but you know, sometimes, you know, the first job you have is probably not your dream job. The first home you buy is probably not your dream house. Just happy to get into the market. And so this place of Rio was just a resting place, but it wasn't His ultimate destination. You know, we need to enjoy the place where we're in. Be blessed, prosper. But remember, God orders our steps. Don't get so comfortable. God cannot challenge you to go and dig a new well. Just because you're in a good place doesn't mean you're in God's ultimate place. Things change. You know, there's seasons in your life. Who remembers the valley of the nappies, the diapers? It goes on forever. I say to couples in church, it's okay. You'll make it through. And then there's, a, there's, the, there's the Uber season when your kids just have sporting commitments and music lessons and you feel like you're just an Uber driver. You wish your kids did pay you, okay? It costs you a lot of money. There's all these seasons in your life. You don't just stay in the valley of the nap. You progress through life and we've got to be ready that if God speaks, we will obey and we'll be prepared to dig another well. Just because you're in a good place does not mean you're in God's ultimate place. And I feel that in the Spirit. We have a good church here. We have good leadership. We've got a deep well, but let's be, if God speaks, let's not be afraid to step out and dig some new soil for future generations. Lastly is this, can other musicians come? It's time for you to dig some wells. You will eventually make it to your well of promise. In verse 32, it says, and it came to pass at the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug. And he said to them, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of this city is Bathsheba to this day. You know what's amazing about this? This well is called the well of oath, the well of promise. In fact, it's called the well of seven. They found two major wells and five smaller wells. Bish, this is the amazing thing about this well that Isaac's 
Doug, this is what's amazing, is you can go to Bathsheba to this day and still drink from that well. Thousands of years later, the city of Bathsheba, they're still drinking from the same well that was dug. It's a legacy well. And I want to declare, Pastor Tark, I want to declare over this church, you haven't struck the legacy well yet. Yeah, thank God for every good season in this church. Thank God for every good thing that's happened. But I'm telling you, we haven't seen the move of God. We haven't tapped into the well that's gonna change the city, the well of legacy. Wouldn't it be awesome that we dug a well in Church Unlimited that people thousands of years in the future would be still drinking from? That's a well of transformation. That's a well of legacy. So imagine if he got stuck at Sitna or Esek and kept fighting over that well. And God says, just release it. Bless those people. I've got more water. Because Bathsheba, to this day, that well is still watering and bringing life to that city. My my question to you this morning is, what is your personal promise for your family? What has God spoken over? What unfulfilled prophetic words are over this church? And Church Unlimited, I believe there's greater wells for us to tap into. We haven't yet hit the well of legacy, Bathsheba. And it's not even one well, it's multiple wells. It's the, it's the well of the oath, it's the well of the promise. Greater, 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 God's got greater things. I wanna get to the place where we strip that water of the Spirit that it's like abundance and overflow. What has God promised you? What have you been contending for? Keep sowing, keep praying. For cities, for nations, for buildings. What does the Bible say? Ask of me and I will give you nations. That's a big prayer. Sometimes we get to declare the Word. I feel there's people here today and you need to go home and your husband and wife and talk about some of the things you're believing for for the future and say, is that in the fear column or in the faith column? You also need to pull out some prophetic words and Scriptures. There's some people today, I feel the Spirit that you've got kids away from the Lord and you've, you've stopped praying because you've just been praying for so long and the Holy Spirit wants to ignite your faith again. So come on, believe together. You love your kids. How much more does the Father love them more? He loves them more than you do. And He wants them to be in the house. And now we're gonna pray for that in a moment. We're gonna believe the prodigals are gonna come home in the Name of Jesus because that's your inheritance. That's your well of legacy that you would stand in church one day with your kids and your grandkids and you would say to God be the glory great things. They don't belong to the Kingdom of this world. They belong to the Kingdom of God. We're going to pray the Holy Spirit be like the hound dog of heaven and chase them down. Wherever they go, if they're in Auckland or around the world, everywhere they go, they run into Christians. My brother-in-law, he's, he's backslidden. He's very wealthy. He's a pilot. He was everywhere. He, he decided to escape the world during COVID with his wife and two kids and sail around the world. And everywhere they went, there was these multi-million dollar crazy Christians in a boat called We Love Jesus. Everywhere, Bahamas, Mallorca, Canary Islands, they pull in there and they're crazy Christians. They couldn't escape it. They can't escape it. God will chase you anywhere, amen. God's chasing your kids and your grandkids, amen. But the well of promise, the well of legacy. I share this story. My wife and I, we've been married 29 years and, um, and uh, at our wedding day, Pastor Russell Evans was doing the, the uh, ceremony. And at the end of our ceremony, before we was announcing the bride and groom, he said, hey, Pastor Steve Penny here, he's a prophet. It's my wife's like, he's gonna, why don't you come and pray over Paul and Joe? And he gave this prophetic word and it was, it was a long prophetic word and 
was talking about us in youth ministry back then because that's what I was doing. And, and I would say within about the first eight years after that prophet, so many things were prophetically filled. But then the last paragraph of his prophecy said this. He said, I see you having a voice at the Olympics. Now this is 1995. Well, you're gonna have a voice at Olympics and God's gonna give you authority to speak and people are gonna get saved and it's gonna be on television, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't understand that. I put it on the shelf. I went on my honeymoon to the Gold Coast. I came back and my senior pastor called me into his office the first day back at work and said, are you moving to Sydney? I was living in Adelaide. I said, no. He goes, well, the Olympics are in five years in Sydney and that prophet gave you a word and said, you're going to Sydney. He said, I don't know what that word means, Pastor Ashley. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to Sydney. I'm not leaving the church. I'm serving here. Well, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of the lockdown, you had a long lockdown here. In the middle of the lockdown, our Premier would be probably like your Prime Minister. Every week she'd come on and tell us what we couldn't do. And I'm telling you, there were some times there where I can be honest, as a pastor, the fruit of the Spirit was not in my life. There was, other, there was other things manifesting out of my heart, which I had to ask for forgiveness for. And I was speaking to the television negatively. My wife's saying, be a be praiseful person, be a thank people of thanksgiving. And then she says all these things that were just like restricting our lives. And then she says, but I have some good news. We've just been awarded the Olympics here in Brisbane for the year 2032. Boom, something came alive in my spirit. I went back and found the cassette of that prophetic Word and I played it. And I'm like, wow, this Word wasn't for the Sydney Olympics. Who cares about Sydney? I live in Brisbane. It's about the Olympics in 2030. It talks about the nations coming to our city and we're gonna, I'm believing we're gonna have a revival. And as the nations come to our city, I'm praying into that. I'm decla- that's, my, that's my next well of legacy. But what's your well? Could you stand to your feet all over this place? Firstly, I wanna pray for people here today and your kids aren't serving the Lord right now, maybe even your grandkids, and it's a burden on your heart. Can I say this? Delay is not denial in your prayers. Keep on praying. I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to stir up your faith, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe that they're gonna be in the house of God that they're gonna be. And there's some people, you got kids in London, you got kids in the South Island, you got kids in Australia, you got kids on the North side here, but God knows where they are and He loves them. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Paul, that's me. I've got kids and, or brothers and sisters, whatever, family members that are away from the Lord. Would you raise your hands all over this? Because we're gonna believe for the prodigal sons to come back, amen? Hallelujah, we thank You right now, Jesus. We thank You right now, Jesus. We call upon them. Oh, what I want you to do on the count of three, I want you to shout out their names. You know, when people get saved and people come to the front, we clap. Well, we're gonna clap in the eye of faith. We're gonna believe. We're gonna, on the count of three, we're gonna shout out their names and we're gonna believe for salvation. We're gonna believe for the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters that come home. Are you ready, church, with me? Come on. And if you have not hand more, why don't you pray like it was one of your children that was away from the Lord? Are you ready? On the count of three, we're gonna shout out their names. Then we're gonna clap and we're gonna shout and we're gonna believe that salvation is coming. We're calling in that prophetic declaration in the Name of Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Justin and Debbie, I pray in the Name of Jesus right now. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Would you clap your hands? We thank You for salvation is coming. We thank You for the prodigal sons. We thank You for the prodigal daughters. We thank You right now in the Name of Jesus. Oh God, we pray, oh Lord, right now that You're bringing home. You're bringing them home. You're bringing them home. We pray, stir up it within us. We pray salvation would come quickly, oh God. We pray for a revival of soul winning, oh God. All the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters would come into Your house, Lord Jesus. We ask this in the mighty Name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Some of you today need to go home and you put on your fridge or on your dashboard of your car and every day you're gonna pray and believe, pray and believe, pray and believe, pray and believe and rejoice. And you know what? I wanna carry this. Some couples here, I wanna encourage you. The devil's afraid of your combined agreement in prayer. Just before you go to bed at night, it only has to be five minute prayer, but what are you believing for? What are you, what are you digging in the well? What are you preparing for the future for for your kids? And I, I feel this this morning, there's people here and if you were to be honest, the, the, king, the worldly mindset of fear has gripped your head and heart about business, about family. Like, see, if we, if we listen to the world's fear, we would just go and join a monastery and se- separate ourselves from the world. But God wants us to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's why He sent His Holy Spirit to help us and empower us. That's why He gave us His Word of instruction to strengthen us so that we can be living in an unholy world tainted by this generation, but have His presence. See, holiness is not legalism. Holiness is set apart for God in the middle of this unholy world. And I just really, would you could just close your eyes for a moment. I just said, feel there's some people fear. There's people here who have fear of the future because someone in your past and your family had cancer and you fear that coming upon you. There's, there's someone here today and you, you really should ask that girl to marry you, but you look at your parents and because they got divorced, you fear that you'd do the same thing. God says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Your, your life's not on sand, it's built on the foundation. You will be a great husband, you will be a great parent. So do not fear and step into your destiny in the mighty Name of Jesus. But you say, Paul, I've, I, to be honest, I feel fear sometimes when I watch the news, well, turn it off. When I get on Facebook, get off it. Get into the Word. Get into church, the place of faith. This is not a place of fear, this is a place of faith. But you say, Paul, I just feel fear has been creeping into my heart and mind. If that's you, come on, we're gonna pray. Lift your hand all over this place. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to break that. We're gonna pray for faith to rise up in your heart in the mighty Name of Jesus all over this place. Lord, we thank You today. Lord, You see these wonderful believers. Lord, we come against the spirit of fear. It doesn't come from You. We rebuke it in the Name of Jesus. And I pray fear would be gone and faith would rise up within them, I pray, in the mighty Name name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, oh God, that they will be speaking words of faith. They'll be thinking words and dreams of faith. Lord, they'll be acting out, Lord God, as Your Word says, and taking steps of faith for the glory of the Lord in the mighty Name of Jesus. Amen. So people here now, and I just really want to pray for this. I ended my sermon because I felt the Holy Spirit say, want to pray. And you know what? There's some promises that you have that have yet to be fulfilled. There's people here with promises for business. And if you were to say, honestly, Paul, I'm a million miles away from that promise God gave me 10 years ago. Well, God's Word doesn't come back void. If it's God's Word, it's God's Word. And I feel He's stirring up some things. Some people, you gotta get out some old prophetic words and get out some old Scriptures you gave. And God's gonna speak to you today. God's gonna, God's gonna stir up to believe again. There's someone here and you, there's a teacher here today and you always had a desire to be a principal. And because of the politics of the school community, you kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Well, politics is nothing to God. He can open up the doors that man cannot open. And you need to believe again that you will be in a position of leadership to bring godly leadership to that school environment. So I wanna pray, maybe there's some dreams. It might be about uh, a family. It could be about finance. It could be about purchasing a home. I don't know what it is, but God doesn't tease His people. When He puts a seed of faith in your heart, it's for a reason that we would contend, that we would believe for that promise in the Name of Jesus. So right now, you say, Paul, I've got some unfulfilled promises. I've got some unfulfilled dreams. Well, come on, would you lift your hands? And right now, we're gonna 
dig a well in prayer. Come on, all over this place. Only you and God know what that is. But He sees it. He loves you. He he didn't give you that promise to disappoint you. He gave that promise to give you faith for the future. So Holy Spirit, we call upon the Name of the Most High today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, You'd reach into hearts and minds. You'd reach deep down to their spirits and You would bring faith, an explosion of faith to believe, Lord God. Like the man in the New Testament said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I pray that people will begin to make declarations about unsafe family members, declarations about business, declarations about, Lord God, marriage, declaration about family, declarations over their finances, Lord. There's people here today in the natural, it's impossible to buy a home. But Lord, You are the God of the impossible. You are the God of the supernatural. God. And Lord, You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. So I pray, oh God, let people be stirred up to believe. Let us put a yes to Your Amen. We ask this in the mighty Name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, we thank You, we thank You, thank You, thank You. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Before I am back to Pastor, I, I just feel this morning that uh, the Lord would encourage you as a church family and say, thank You for Your faithfulness. Pastor Tark, felt this overwhelming weight of God's presence. You know, when everyone else was going contemporary and everyone else was going seeker sensitive, you always stuck to Acts 2.42. Preach the Word, pray, communion, fellowship. But I'm telling you, this church is a deep, I can sense the well of the Spirit in this church. But God's saying He wants to redig it. But also He wants to dig some new wells that are legacy. Wouldn't it be awesome on this youth camp in a couple of weeks that they have a move of God? That new wells are dug in new lives? And I just feel that this church is not just going to have influence in this city, but there's a new season for Pastor Tark and the leadership that God's gonna give you influence in nations. Influence in nations. And they're wells of legacy beyond our lifetime because of what happened out of this church in the nations. And so what I'd like us to do before I pray, we're gonna pray for salvation this morning. Would you lift your hands towards the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we open up our hands. And we say, yes, Lord. Yes to picking up the shovel in the Spirit. Yes to breaking up the hard ground. Yes to getting down into the old well and pulling out all the muck and the sludge and preparing it for a new generation to drink of clean living water. Lord, as a church, we say yes to the pastor's vision. We say yes to Your commands. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. For the Lord would encourage you today to not look to the left or to the right, 
but look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The Lord would say that He wants to give you supernatural strength to run. Just like you saw, Elijah saw a cloud on the horizon, he ran faster than the man's chariots. And God would say to you, say, well, Lord, how can I do all these things in my life? And God would say, would you tap in to that living water? Because I wanna put super on top of your natural. And ordinary people, which you may be, connected to a supernatural God will do extraordinary things. So the Lord would say to you today, be not discouraged, be not be afraid, but be full of faith. Be full of faith because your feet are firmly on the feet of the rock that is Jesus. And the storms will come and the wind will blow and the waves will beat, but you will be standing at the end of the storm and you will be glorifying Christ to a generation and you will be that strong place that people can run to. Like Noah's Ark coming out saying, oh God, there's a place of refuge. And so Lord, we pray today. Let Your Kingdom come. Let Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank You for it in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe today you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Saviour. It would be my honour today, my privilege to pray with you. In fact, I came a couple of thousand kilometres from Brisbane just to pray this prayer with you. I believe if you're the only person on planet Earth, Christ would have died for you and rose again for you. That's how much He loves you. He knows your past, He knows your present, He knows your future. So today in this place, say, Pastor Paul, I wanna know Jesus. I'd like to become a Christian. I'm not good enough. Nobody's good enough, just come as you are. How do you become a Christian? You pray a prayer. What's a prayer? Having a conversation with God. The book of Romans says, if you believe in heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and then He was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So I wanna pray with you this morning that you would begin a relationship with Jesus. Or today, maybe you are a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Well, God loves you. God's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you in the Name of Jesus. So right now with every head head, head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Paul, would you pray with me today? I wanna give my life to Jesus. Pastor Paul, would you pray with me today? I wanna get my life right with God. What I'd love you to do, so I know who I'm praying with. On the count of three, I would like you to raise your hand in the balcony on the floor, so I know who I'm praying with this morning. Are you ready? One, two, three, just lift your hands, wherever you may be right now, say, that's me. I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna get my life right with God. Looking across this auditorium today, in this place, up in the balcony there, just looking across this place. Well, church, let's pray this prayer anyway because there may be people online today that are believing God for salvation. Can you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, we come to You today and we ask You to be our Lord, to be our Saviour and to be our friend. Jesus, forgive us of all our sin. Take away our shame. Give us a new heart and a new start. We wanna follow You all of our days in Jesus' Name. Amen. God bless you. Your people of faith this morning. Amen. God bless you today.